0: Welcome to the China FlexPad Podcast.
1: Hello, Patrick. Thank you for having me. I'm more than happy to be invited to join the FlexPad community. My name is Hong Hong Xu. You can call me Hong Hong. In Chinese, Hong means the color red. I was born in Beijing. More than 30 years ago, I moved to Germany to study. I came from a very poor family. When I arrived in Germany, I had hardly money in my pocket and no idea about the German language. Instead, I was packed full of ancient Chinese virtues. Already in my childhood, I was taught to be humble, to work hard, and never to stop learning from others. For a very long time, it works very well for me. In the shortest time, I could pass my German language, finish my master's study of material science at one of the top universities in Germany and landed a very good job in the world's biggest chemical company, BSF. Later at work, I continued working hard learning from others, and but never felt confident enough to speak up. However, I was not worried about it because I knew hard work and humility are the ingredients of my recipe of success. And again, it paid off. I got promoted and assigned to work in Hong Kong for five years.
0: Hello, Hong Kong. Great. Thank you. Welcome to the China FlexPad Podcast. For everyone listening today, I think it's really exciting to have Hong Kong on the show today because today Hong Kong will share quite a wide range of FlexPad topics which are really relevant to our audience. So we will be talking about, for example, how to find a job as an expat spouse. Hong Kong did that already. And then we will talk about how to work in a large corporation such as BASF. And also we will talk about moving back home after your expat assignment, which can be a huge challenge for people and people should prepare for it. That's why we will talk about it as well. And last but not least, we will also find out what, all of Hong Kong's students in university think about a career in China, what dreams they have and what advice Hong Kong gives to them. So this will be a really interesting range today. So thank you very much for taking the time. So let's jump right into the first question for today. Well, your introduction already sounded like a very long success story, right? You ended up working for this huge company for so many years, and then you made a big step to realize your own dreams, become a professor or teach everything you know to the next generation. But did your recipe for success continue to work well? Did this recipe always work no matter what you did?
1: Well, one day something happened to me that made me start to doubt my approach to succeed. In front of my boss and colleagues, I should present my successful project. I was so proud and excited. However, I was at the same time very scared. And after just a few sentences, I simply lost my speech. But immediately, my colleague stood up and took my words. At that moment, I realized that having lived and worked in a foreign country without adapting myself to the local culture just held me back. Being humble doesn't have to be silent. It is essential in Western culture to speak up and to let your voice be heard. From that moment, I decided to change myself. And from that moment, I also find my mission of being a culture advocate to help other people to raise their intercultural awareness. Finally, also this very purpose, even led me to make the most difficult decision in my life. Namely, end of 2019, after almost 24 years, I quit my job at BSF to establish my own consulting company, Peking Bridge. Today, I'm not afraid of speaking up anymore, and I have been enjoying helping other people and companies from China and Europe overcome their intercultural obstacles.
0: Now, I think this point is really interesting because it sounds like you really went through a transition, both a professional transition, but also a personal transition. But it looks like it took you 24 years to do so. So now I have a question like, do you think, was it necessary to gain experience for 24 years in order to come to this conclusion? Or do you think you could have done it earlier and also, other people that might uh, might look for an opportunity to transition from a professional career in a company into, let's say, entrepreneurship, making your own company, or going into education as a professor. Is it? Do you need twenty-four years to do that, or can people do that after ten years? What is enough?
1: Thank you for asking this interesting question. I it, to be honest, uh, along with these 24 years, I also often ask myself the same question. But however, as I was uh, uh, taught already from my childhood to be uh, not only to be patient, uh, to be humble, to work hard, but also to make sure that, that you have uh, your money, you have your security in your life. So therefore, it was always the, the, the other question. I, I have my family, my child is still still small, and I cannot quit my job just to follow my passion. Yeah, this, this is not correct. So learning also from my, my parents' uh, experience, no? Uh, but today, I also provide mentoring to other younger people. I let them know that is it's workable. If you wish to have a change in your life, You have to have certain experience Uh, of course it's better to have these experiences within a big corporate you have the different opportunity to learn different things and then after at least five but the latest 10 years if you are ready you can jump out and set up your own uh, business or follow your your own passion
0: absolutely that makes sense to me i think Only simply blindly following your passion is not leading anywhere. You always need to combine it with something solid, some work experience, contacts, and then you can move on and and fulfill your dreams. But we, I think people should stay realistic and I think students should understand that. So thank you. Exactly. Thank you. So you did not only make a successful career, but also you completed a very interesting cultural development because you were switching between cultures right especially Germany and China so can you tell us more about your assignment to Hong Kong which was another let's say cultural um let's say transition because you are originally from Beijing so Beijing Hong Kong that's it's like day and night I would say so exactly. how did that happen and also Maybe you can tell how this affected your family and uh, how your family did there or if you took them at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Although my assignment in Hong Kong was quite a while ago, I'm sure some of my experiences could be uh, still relevant. One of them is, as you mentioned, how to find a job as an expat spouse. So my husband is uh, not a Chinese, he's from Germany, Yes, uh, we luckily have also now a family, very happy family, and I would say um, this story also brought brought us even closer. Even we had a uh, different difficulties. It's one of these difficulties is, of course, I want to tell you, is about how to find a job. It was, uh, and it has been still not often happened in the Western culture that the wife is delegated to foreign country and her husband needs to follow (laughs) and uh, this happened uh, actually to me first of all the decision within family was much more difficult in my opinion much more difficult than the other way around yeah my husband was running a small IT company and he was quite successful in order to support me and our family he decided to slow down his business in Germany and try to find a job in Hong Kong. Um, this was a very uh, good idea. I appreciated it very much, but we didn't thought up uh, we didn't think about it before so we just uh, thought think oh, Hong Kong is big there are a lot of foreign companies there it wouldn't be a big issue for us to find a job for my husband because he is also, he was also w- uh, working in IT uh, uh, sector, right? But uh, in, in in the reality, it took almost one year and it was the longest year for me and for my husband. Since my husband gave up a lot, he was under pressure to find a job as soon as possible. During that year, he and I felt sad and desperate. Finally, he got a job in the same company where I was, the BSF. Since then, we started to join the time in Hong Kong. And also since since then, the people in the company started to assume that my husband is an expat and I am a local staff. (laughs) Joking by sight, what did I learn from this experience? Start to think about job issue before your relocation speak to the employer and ask for support. Gain knowledge about the local recruiting market, speak to your network, especially to the former expats. In addition to that, it would would make sense if the multinational companies could collaborate more to utilize the talented spouses of the expats. But still today, it is still a wish.
0: Well, that's actually really quite interesting uh, what you just mentioned, that the the multinational companies should utilize spouses more because I met only one, uh, I've experienced one multinational company in Beijing, it's a big German automotive company, and they have a program for spouses which is only focusing on their free time, you know, give them a good time, do like trips to the Great Wall or like yoga classes or whatever, but yeah. they do not help them find jobs. Okay, I admit it's, it's not easy to get a visa yeah, once you are on a spouse visa, but maybe they should intervene one step earlier before they come to China and maybe even get them here on a, on a work visa or something else. But I think there's, as you say, there's much more, let's say, room for improvement here.
1: Exactly, I fully agree with you. We also made a lot of uh, suggestions to our employers uh, when I was uh, in Hong Kong, but uh, anyhow, uh, this is also very difficult to, to let the multinational cons- co- uh, co- companies to collaborate in this uh, topic. Yes, to be honest no?
0: Yeah, okay, but I'm still I'm still hopeful because also we've we've had guests that work in HR in really large, large companies have been a guest on the show here as well, and they will also listen to this. So let's hope they will take it to their hearts and maybe bring this topic forward. I hope so. so. (laughs) Another question. After five years, you've moved back to Germany, right? So another cultural transition. And so I'm interested in how did this work out for you? Because it's not always easy. You've, You've just familiarized yourself with a different work culture and suddenly back you are back in Germany where like the time is running maybe slower, people use different technology, the, the, the corporate culture is completely different and sometimes people fail. So how did you manage?
1: Uh, yes, I think this is also another uh, challenge actually, in my opinion, after having worked and lived many years outside our home countries, Most of us went through different challenges, as I mentioned before, right? And also we have grown within this time. Uh, In in terms of China or in terms of Asian, within a period of five years, China and Asian changed and developed a lot. And also in this time, you changed a lot as well, right? Therefore, in, in our opinion, it was even a bigger culture shock for our family and myself when we moved back to Germany. Therefore, I would recommend to prepare yourself in advance. Yeah, how do you? Uh, how can you do? like uh, uh, do for that. Firstly, try to maintain your business connections in your home country, or via your, your business trip back to 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 your home country, or take a frequent exchange call with your former colleague or former uh, supervisors. And also to follow the, the change with the, with the mother company during that time, That's uh, to, be, to, to, to stay up to date. Huh? And discuss your next steps with your supervisor as early as possible. Yeah? And it, in, in the end, is, things cannot always happen la, uh, as you planned. Huh? Therefore, I would recommend uh, be, to be willing to take a less favorable job for a while but stay on your track and also talk to your boss because you want to develop yourself. No? And take care of your family members as well because they also struggle. Yeah, Your child, your husband, Yeah, they, they, they come also back with different expectation and different experiences. No? They also have different challenges. Last but not least, be prepared to face the possible shift in your private circle, friends, a circle of friends. This happened to our family. It's very important and very interesting experience. as Perian. It's heard at the beginning, but in the end, this 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 happened. This is a natural thing. So, so you change yourself, maybe the people around you uh, didn't change or they, they changed in another direction is happened. But it's difficult for some 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 uh, in certain degrees.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So to to sum this up uh, very briefly. So you said, try to maintain your business connections back home, no matter how, during business trips or webinars, or just call them, text them, uh, discuss your next steps constantly with your supervisor, you know, stay ahead of the game and be willing to take a worse job, even if it's just temporary, right? And take care of your family, listen to, to their needs. Don't just focus on your career because in the end it it might um, you might regret that. And last but not least, mm-hmm. be prepared to face the possible shift in your circle of friends because that will happen. I think that's a really interesting point because I've seen so many expats also in my time in China, it's like friends come and go and you can't control it at all. your circle of friends constantly changes because people go back home or they go to the next expat assignment so you have to just accept that, and I think the positive thing is that you know people all over the world, and it's it's up to you how to take that. Yeah, you can use exactly. it exactly. You can be sad about it, but actually, there's a lot of great things about this.
1: Yeah, I fully agree with you. Yeah, I also enjoy always enjoy find uh, to find new friends.
0: <laughs> nice. So yeah, let's say with all the rapid economic development in China, right? More and more. uh, Chinese companies, they have been operating globally, of course, right? Small companies, big companies, they all face different challenges, but they all have to start thinking internationally, right? So you have, of course, longstanding working experience in both Asia and Europe. So do you have any clear recommendations about how to, let's say, how to make Chinese teams, no matter what company, think more internationally That means working with their foreign co-workers in China with the expats or flexpats, but also work with the people abroad who have no clue about dealing with Chinese people. I think this is really interesting. So what what can you tell us here?
1: Yeah, I love to do that. Uh, Since this topic is quite uh, broad and uh, also it would take a very long time uh, when we want to cover uh, different things. Therefore, I would want to focus on one topic. To this this question, I would like to share one of my working experiences, which is related to a career development tool named Learning Network. What is a Learning Network? A Learning Network is a facilitated peer-to-peer learning and development tool, whereby a group of people from different businesses and different functions meet regularly to share their knowledge and their experiences, to help one or the other participant strengthen uh, some particular career areas. Uh, this, the, the rule of communication within this learning network is being open, collaborative, uh, collaborative and honest. Yeah? When, we, uh, when my former employer, BSF, introduced this tool to his to its organizations in China, it was, I was asked and I was invited to be the culture facilitator. At the kickoff event, my Chinese colleagues could not uh, distinguish the learning network from a seminar and from a training. After I explained to them that a learning network uh, works much like a learning group in Chinese school, all of them suddenly start to smile and to nod. <laughs> from that time, the groups much better together. Later on, the network groups continued meeting regularly. In the end, all of them confirmed that they did benefit from the tool and improved themselves. But the more important effect from this case is the Chinese colleagues understood and experienced how an international team works together.
0: Well, sounds great. A learning group is definitely, I think, the, the, the way forward because it's not only theoretical, right? You deal with real people, you do like project work, hands on. I think this is the only way you can actually do it. You can yeah. re- read as many books as you want, but it's much better to have an active community that, that helps each other. Absolutely.
1: And it was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So l- let's move to the here and now you are not working in the huge company anymore but you made your own company peaking bridge right So, so you you're doing this you're doing this consulting services but you're also a professor at a business school right so can you tell us more about your experience as a lecturer and this is what i'm personally very interested in what do the young talents you meet every day in this business school? What do they want to learn and understand about China? And what are their expectations and dreams? And then what questions do they ask you? And what do you give them? What, what answers do you give them? Because yeah. you, want to, you want to prepare them best for a possible career in China.
1: Yeah. I also cannot wait to share my... Uh, very latest experience in, in as a teacher <laughs> yes since january this year i have been teaching at the escp business school in paris this school is quite uh, popular in europe and uh, the subject uh, of my lecture was about doing or is still no is uh, still current uh, is about doing business in china the course is a mandatory part of master study in strategy and digital business. I luckily had the full freedom of design the course. The only request for me was to provide more practical content. Yeah? My first uh, semester just ended in April. Yeah? So therefore, I already had my first uh, very fresh experience. Yeah, In the lecture, I was firstly focusing on expel- explaining the principle of the Chinese culture, and the characteristics of behaviors in the business environment, followed by in the instruction of Chinese political and uh, e- ecosystems, the role of SOEs and private sectors in China, the characteristics of young China, how digital China works, uh, the latest technology development in China, the entrepreneurship, and what the international leadership means Of course, topics like how the Chinese social credit system works, and the development of the Build and Road Initiative, and last but not least, the role of feng shui in business, were also part of the lecture. I had no previous teaching record, but I do have a lot of hands-on experience. I spent hours and days preparing the uh, and preparing and structuring the lecture. But I had a lot of fun working with young and talented people. And the students also enjoy learning about China. They were always engaging, they, were, uh, they worked very hard and also very um, creative with me. And they asked uh, the different questions. But since the doing business is a very broad term, no, we did not have enough time to cover everything or to do deeper on certain topics. Therefore, some, some wishes remain open. The students would like to have, for example, you know, the student would like to have more case studies of a successful but also failed business, uh, business examples. No? And also they would like to have a, panel discussion to learn more about the pros and the cons of Chinese social credit system. This is a very crucial issue at the moment. No? It's still uh, not uh, implemented in China but is welcome, definitely. No? And and also one comment from the students was for me an eye-opening moment in the lecture uh, they learned a lot from the Chinese people. But in the end the student uh, required or asked me why I, I cannot share how the Chinese people see the Westerners, I think this is uh, this point is uh, very well said and is valid. Since we in our intercultural environment, we should mutually know and learn from each other uh, better, right? Yeah. And uh, in addition to that, I think uh, we also worked uh, through some business cases and business uh, business plans. The students are really interested uh, in Chinese uh, as a can- China, as a country, as an economic system. Um, they want to have time spend their uh, internship in China. Maybe they also want to plan a longer stay in China, but firstly, most of them want to stay for a go- uh, Alibaba or Tencent, for example, yeah, or in, foreign, in a foreign company in China. And later on, they do want to try to start their own business. I also encourage them to do that after the first uh, working experience in China.
0: Well, Hong Hong, what you just said really makes me miss my time in business school because we also had like some some China focused classes. But as you mentioned, there are so many topics of doing business in China. It's crazy and we don't have enough time. Uh, to, to cover all these things in, in business school and actually i think business school should devote more time for these kind of classes because just this is my feeling i learned many things that i really don't need anymore but i could have really benefited of more time invested in china analysis so and it's interesting that you mentioned you're not only um, talking about successes uh, successful business cases but also failed business cases I Because I think there's a lot of glorification of Chinese um, companies. Let's say Luckin Coffee, crazy example of how things can go bad. And yeah, people should be aware of it. So that was a a really nice point. Thank you. What I was also interested in, just your personal opinion. When you look at the students you're currently having, what positions do you see them in, in in their future careers? When you look at these faces, And you think, yeah, this will be this guy will work in sales, or those guys will be engineers or marketing people. Where do they fit in? Where where will they find their spot between their countries? In this case, French people and Mm -hmm. Chinese people. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, this is also a very good question. I also ask this one to myself, and I think they, they are. They have different opportunities yeah most uh, most of them uh, they have already uh, a bachelor in economy and also some of them also have some other special uh, special fields but uh, um, they they are ready to to work as a senior manager to work in a project for example and uh, for me the important things they learned how to uh, deal with different cultures they also learned but to be patient yeah and to be aware and uh, they in, in, in the uh, in the end they prepared different presentations and also aces to me in those papers I realized they, they do understand already uh, how to deal with this intercultural obstacles and they, they put this uh, uh, intercultural knowledge already, in their work, how they want to create, a, for example, a advertisement when they want to bring a European brand to, to, to China because they understood Chinese people are emotional, they want to hear the story, and they don't want to hear the, uh, uh, the science story about how the wine can be made, for example, and no? and an, an German and an an, an French group want to uh, set up a wine business in China. But in order to do this wine business, different to other uh, French company or other international wine company, they want to focus on how I can un- engage the customers and also how I can engage different customers in different groups, yeah? Which the older people, younger people, and so on. I, in this case, they really pay a lot of attention on culture issue and to really, uh, I find a way how to attract the customer in China I think I was so happy to see this case because I realized in that moment that my effort already received some uh, fruitful success because they understood yeah this made me very happy
0: all right all right I can totally relate to that because having the ability to understand China's culture really deeply makes it much easier to place a new product or new brand in the market. Because just being established as a brand in your home country doesn't mean anything in China, right? So you really need to dig deep here. And I, I think it's really great that you help your students doing exactly that. We're coming to the end of the interview. Time is running out. So I would like to give you the opportunity to give one last bit of advice to our listeners how they can be successful in their China FlexPad future.
1: I think I I, I want to summarize all these stories uh, to only maybe two sentences. In a a cultural environment, we need more openness and compassion instead of consumption and uh, judgment in both roles as a leader and as a business partner. It is worth being patient and the efforts to raise culture awareness for a long lasting and successful relationship.
0: I think that uh, summary really hits the nail on the head because I like this very much because being compassionate and, and have empathy and being open to the Chinese counterpart is important because for the Chinese, us Europeans are the other side, right? And also by, by being open, we make it easier for them to understand us, I think this is really a great way to find the common ground to do successful business, but also make friends and have a nice personal life in China. Hong Kong, thank you very much again for taking the time today. It was a pleasure to meet you. You really reminded me of my time in university. And I would really like to recommend anybody listening today to also consider uh, Hong Kong services in her consulting company, uh, Peking Bridge, because they can also make your employees feel like students in business school really taking the time to understand Chinese culture. So I think that's really worth it. Thank you very much.
1: It was a great pleasure for me. Thank you for having me, Patrick.
0: Bye bye, zaijian.
1: Bye bye, -bye. Bye zaijian. Thank you for being part of China FlexPod community. Visit our website at chinaflexpod.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Goodbye and Zaijian!